I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, so have you been watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? Well, we have, and it got us to thinking, is this Tom Brady's last dance here in Tampa Bay? We're talking about the icons in sports, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Brady, does he belong in that conversation? We'll discuss all of that and more with my former radio partner, Tom Jones, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, tomorrow we're going to have our uh, very popular mailbag segment. Of course, we'll be talking a little bit about the NFL schedule as well. But get your questions in. You can do that by submitting them to us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. All right, my good buddy Tom Jones joins us now from a radio partner. You read him on pointer.org at his newsletter. And uh, Tom, when we, uh, when we last spoke <laughs> just a day ago, we're going to keep this going. Uh, it's great having you, too, a couple times a week. I think people really enjoy uh, hearing from you and talking sports. I wanted to ask, first of all, before we get started, we're going to talk a, a little bit about uh, legacy and dynasties and, and, and things like that. And, and, and of course, the, the, um, you know, the whole last dance thing with Michael Jordan that's going on right now. Uh, but there are no sports that are live on TV except this. ESPN is broadcasting Korean baseball. Mm-hmm. And um, on, I think Carl Ravitch might be doing it from his I house. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. And that's got to be a challenge, right? But um, but it is it's live sports. There's no. I don't think there's fans right now at their games. I Correct. Say. Correct. Um, but have you, have you? Was that something you would turn on just to see a live sporting event? It's not that I'm so desperate for sports that I want to like. Oh, I need something. I need. I got to watch something. That yeah. I would turn it on. Right. Um, but I'm not like I'm not opposed to it. I actually think it's kind of cool that ESPN's trying it, mm-hmm. and it's. I think if if anything, Rick, there's almost like a sign of there's hope out there. Like there's baseball being played somewhere. Yeah. So maybe it'll eventually be played here, you know. But right. I went to turn on I turned on the other day and it was like classic ESPN, like like bad luck is that <laughs> they're showing it and like the first game's in a rain delay. <laughs> and I'm like, what are they gonna do? Go to like this week in Korean baseball or whatever? Like <laughs> Hello, everybody. Or show one of those. How come the Rays every time in their rain delays, they're like, they get, they, it's like the same like Rays down on a farm feature over again, over a, and over a thousand yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. But um, cooking. But with yeah, G-Man how about you? <laughs> exactly. No, I haven't watched Trisha it yet. Whitaker, yeah, with yeah. You, so you, would you? Would you or will you? Um, like, I no, I don't think so. I don't have to have like a great knowledge about who's playing. I'm sure you know it's professional baseball, and I love baseball, so I guess I could watch it. But I, I don't. I'm not jonesing for like just anything. Yeah. You know, like I, I want, I want our, our sports back. I want something. Like I will watch. I would watch golf if they do it without fan. I'll watch anything. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't watch. I don't know. I mean, what I'm no interested reason. in watching Rick is, and I've noticed a little bit of it, is. 
I'm watching it to see what will sports like. What's a baseball game like without fans? Without anybody there, yeah. And it didn't. It wasn't as weird as I thought it would be. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was like halfway, halfway normal. You know, I mean, I thought because I thought, and without the noise, but I mean the crowd angles and things, they can keep the cameras to a level where you don't really notice all that time. Very you notice right? that, like when a guy hits a home, when a guy hit a home run, you notice it. No but then there, it's like yeah. I think you get, I think you get used to that pretty pretty quickly pretty quickly yeah yeah and you know i think if you were to if you were to keep the sound on low anyway <laughs> and it's just sort of on right uh, then I, I think you could probably deal with it i it's crazy though rick i'm not there are moments where i'm like i don't i don't miss it on a night-to-night basis sports it's really weird like i'm not like i'm not i'm like you i'm not i haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking like oh tonight would be we'd be in the you know the second round of the nhl playoffs or the nba playoffs would be I'd be watching LeBron tonight. Like that really hasn't bothered me. What bothers me, what hits me, is not that I'm missing a game tonight, but I'm like when I start thinking ahead, when I think, is there gonna be football in the fall? And if yeah, I start I thinking there might not be, I that's that's when I miss it. That's yeah. when I start thinking like, Oh, this could be you know, I can't go a year without it. I can go tonight without it. Yeah. I don't want to go six months without it. You know, if, does that make sense? Like, yeah, totally. We're, we look. We are 18 weeks away from what will be supposedly the start of the NFL season. And of course, the schedule is coming out, and and you know they're going to have these games that they may or may not play on time or at all, right? And, and certainly, we don't know if fans are going to be part of this. But 18 weeks, and on the one hand, a lot can change in this world in 18 weeks. That we, as we've discovered, the last 10, right? Sure. Um, so, who's who's to say? Uh, but I, but I do I do think that we need it as a society. I do think we, um, I do think we miss sports more than. And, and this is going to be interesting too when it comes back. Tom, is that are we going to appreciate maybe going to a game, whatever form that takes, or or, or taking in a live sporting event, or just watching it on TV and 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 either. Look at these athletes and say, you know, boy, I'm glad they have this talent that I get to watch. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think we underappreciated what they did, but I do think that we live in this culture of there's sports 24 hours a day now, right? You can turn on literally any. You have, you have, you know, the NBA channel and you have the hockey channel and you have. But I don't think we'll ever get too much sports after this. I think, I think we will pretty much, you know, embrace even harder and and i would if they figure out a way to get fans back into the stadium and do it safely i think you're going to see a lot of attendance i think people will go to these games and 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 won't take them for granted which is interesting when we live here in tampa bay and the rays are struggling for attendance right and to 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 make it work here right one of the things that i saw that i found really interesting was that somebody was talking the other day and you know, it's always easy to sit there and go and say well sports aren't sports aren't important let's let's put things let's yeah. let's, let's put things into you know, priority, sure. you know, the sports, Absolutely. the grand scheme of things, sports is. But you know what? Imagine if I said that about music. You're like, okay, right. there's no, we're not going to have music anymore. Or we're not right. going to have books anymore. Right. I'm not saying books. I'm just, are, are less important or more important than sports. All I'm saying is there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time. Or movies. Their free time. Acting. Yeah. Going to movies. Or, yeah. or listening to music. Or yes. reading books. Yes. And there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time going mm-hmm. to sporting events or following a team or spending right. money on a team. And if that's how you want to spend your free time, right. then 
So I, I understand where people are like, this is important. For a lot of people, it is important. And yeah. so like in the grand scheme of things, can we live? We can't live without food. We can't live without oxygen. Sure. We can live without sports. But it makes life a whole lot more enjoyable for a lot of people. And well, so I and it's a- no problem saying like, yeah, at some point we need to bring, when it's safe, sports are important to people. I get that, sure. It's also big business. And not yeah, just for the players and the owners. It's it employs a lot of people, right? Uh, and not just guys that write about it. It employs tons of people in tons of cities, um, all through the spectrum of, of of jobs and part-time jobs and and so on. And you know, talking about the minor leagues and the Florida State League without attendance, they may not play this year. You know, at all. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, and so, yeah, we do need, we do need sports, but what we have in lieu of sports, we have Korean baseball. And by the way, <laughs> if they're playing baseball, they got the huge edge in the little, little league world series this year, don't they? I mean, cause there, they're there, already... yeah, well, apparently there is no little league world series this year. But... <laughs> well, there you go. But you know, what, you know what? They also have the, the, the bat flips, the Korean yes. baseball league. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So I'm watching, are you watching this last dance? Like in lieu of sports? I am. And we talked about this several weeks ago and, and yeah. your comment then was how they do 10 episodes on one, one season. season. But it turns out the way they're, it's a little hard to follow because it's really not about one season. No. It's about Jordan. This is yeah, the Michael Jordan. Years, 15 yeah. Years, yeah. Right. And so they move the timeline physically across the screen and it's like, Okay, now we're in nineteen whatever ninety whatever, and then oh, now we're back to. So it really it really covers his entire life, if not career. Right. Um, but I've been fascinated by it, and so far, I, what's interesting to me is I'm wondering like what a whole generation of of people who did not see Michael Jordan play that much, maybe don't remember him playing at all, just a couple highlights here or there what their appreciation is for the kind of competitor and athlete he was. No. And I'll tell you what, Rick, I, I was not a fan of him before. No, I didn't right. dislike him. He yeah. was just one of those guys. I appreciated him. And I thought he was the best player in the game, but uh, I wasn't like a Jordan, you know, I, I didn't want to be like Mike necessarily, mm-hmm. but watching this, I've actually come away liking him a lot more because really? this is, and I know it like Steve and I, and you were talking about this um, before the podcast the other day that it's, it's a, it's a bit sanitized. Look, Jordan is, you know, gave approval on this. It's part of mm-hmm. his production company. He's helped producing this thing. So you're not going to see anything, you don't know, that he doesn't want you to see. At the same time, like, this is the most honest I've seen Jordan. This is the most real I've seen Jordan. Look, he went through his entire career. He reminds me a lot of Derek Jeter, where it's like he's, he talked a lot, but he never said anything, you know? Yeah. This time we're starting to see it. Like, I like the, I like, this is closer to the real Jordan. I don't know that it's the totally real Jordan, but just his attitude toward Isaiah Thomas, like all the stuff he had to say about that, um, how he felt about his teammates, how he felt about the Jordan Rules book, like uh, all that stuff. How Kobe, like I think we're getting a really honest look, and I and I I've enjoyed I've enjoyed watching it. Um, 
he thought that when the series started that by the time it was over, people would hate him. I don't know that they're going to hate him. They'll probably have a pretty good understanding that he was tough to play with, mm-hmm. but he but he was driven. And there were some things, though, like, and, and look, Jerry Krause gets a lot of probably, you know, the whole thing is built around the fact that Krause, before they even won the sixth championship, had decided that he wanted to tear it up, which made no sense to Jordan, right? That's why he said, well, then this is the last dance, you know, because Phil Jackson was going to be gone. And right. I mean, here they are the best team in basketball for the previous two years and a chance to win three in a row and six, you know, two, three peats. And they've already announced that they're going to tear this thing up. So, but, but Kraus, Kraus put together some pretty good teams there. Now, granted, if I got Michael Jordan, you can have the field, right? I'll figure out the rest, but Jordan needed help and he needed Jackson and he needed people to show him that, you know, he couldn't score all the points and that would make him better and, and give him the ability to win championships. But they picked on a, they picked on Kraus quite a bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. And maybe he deserved it, or maybe it was just mean spirited at times. I thought it was mean spirited you know? at times, and there were some some parts of that that I didn't like. And I know there was more to it that were, yeah, know, they were they were kind of screwing Scottie Pippen over in terms of his contract. And, right, right. Um, but you know what's fascinating to me, Rick, and and we can you we can talk about other athletes who are like this. Is that I don't, was there any doubt that from nineteen ninety whatever nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety eight like Michael Jordan was far and away the best basketball player in the world. I mean, you had Bird for Bird was at the end of his career. Magic was, you know, Magic member. He he um he was sort of in his career and then yeah. he got HIV. Got AIDS, yeah. And then re, and then like sort of retired and came back and retired again. Um Isaiah Thomas was, you know, Pistons won two championships. Yeah, Pistons, but they they you know, they finally ended that little run. So Jordan by far was the best player in the world and yet every game there seemed to be something that was going to drive him. He picked out something like they show examples of like they went and they played the, with the dream team and they were playing against Tony Kukoc and he mm-hmm. was determined to like, I'm going to make Tony Kukoc, him and Scotty Pippen were like, we're going to make him look bad. Why? Because Jerry Krause loves Tony Kukoc and he's giving him all this money and he's yeah. screwing over Scotty Pippen or Clyde Drexler, like Clyde mm-hmm. Drexler, like he, he got annoyed that anybody would dare compare him. Clyde Drexler to him, and he right. was, you know, he was in Portland, the team that didn't take him. And there's and and I'm and I have a feeling that probably Brady's a lot like this. Brady still, like you mentioned, where he still carries the card around of where he was. One ninety nine, yeah. Really, like here you go, twenty years later, and we're still talking about that. Like that's still what gets you up in the morning. Like it God does. bless him, God bless him. But it's just I find it weird that Michael Jordan has to prove to anybody. I'm going to go out and show the world that I'm better than Clyde Drexler. I knew before the game started you were better than Clyde Drexler. You know, I don't. It, that's amazing how those guys motivate themselves. But somebody would say something like there was this one series where they um, one of the Chicago writers um, picked whoever it was they were playing. I don't know. It wasn't Phoenix, but it was one of the, the Utah or somebody picked them. I got you know picked them in four. The other guy picked them in. Oh five. yeah, it was the well, Cleveland one, series. Somebody yeah, picked Cleveland, Cleveland to sweep. Another guy, guy picked, picked four. Another guy picked five. Yeah. And he went up before the game. He goes, I took care of you, took care of you, and tonight I'm going to take care of you. Right. And it's like there's just three guys making predictions in the newspaper, right? Like that that's going to drive you before the game. But the great ones that I've been around have always found that edge, that trigger, and they need it. They need, they need it like they need oxygen. And if they don't – if it doesn't come organically to them – They'll go back to their past when, you know, being drafted 199 like Brady, or they'll almost create something. 
You know what I mean? And, right. and, and pull it out of thin air and just grab on to anything they can um, and turn it into a, into a, a personal motivation thing. And they're driven anyway, but they're, they, they almost seem to like need this trigger, you know, um, that, that makes them, makes them go again. I was and fascinated by that thing with the, uh, the dream team. And they showed that practice, like a scrimmage game. Oh, they went at it now. Were they like him and magic or trash talking one another? Yes. Like it, yes. you could look, it wasn't like, Hey, let's have fun. Like that was serious trash talking and mm-hmm. serious. Like guys were mad. And yeah. at one point, Jordan made made a remark like, yeah, this ain't the 80s no more, man. This right. is the 90s. And Magic's like, what did you say? Like, right. They right. were like, your time's done. It's my time. And yeah. they said they got on the bus and nobody talked for like 10 minutes. And then somebody made a crack and then everybody cracked up. And then they all got along after that. But this is a yeah. pickup game in Barcelona no, with no TVs. Real. There's yeah. like 20 guys standing there. Yeah. And it became a, you know, as important as a gold medal game. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, it was probably better than the gold medal game, but they, they did go at it, and that and that was the whole thing. You know, after this last two episodes, um, I don't know if you watch Scott Van Pelt on, on sports and his show. I do. It's a terrific show, and it's so good. My thing is, I can't stay awake now because I just, you know, yeah. I'm just old and I get tired. But actually, it's from my radio days where we had to get up at four o'clock in the morning. So I, I look at the clock, and if it's like close to midnight, I need to be in bed. But I, I stayed up after the last last Sunday, I guess it was, and they had Charles Barkley on because they were doing the whole Phoenix, you know, they did the Phoenix Suns series. Yeah. Which, by the yeah. way, Barkley played his butt off in that series. He did, and, he and he'll MVP be happy. That yeah, year. yeah, and he'll be happy to tell you that. Um, much like when, much like Michael said in the series, and Barkley was glad he said it because he used to always think it was that you're never ready for the first finals game. Like you're just. And, and Jordan went through it and lost both to the Pistons twice. But, you know, he took it personal because he was the leader of the team and he didn't feel like he was prepared, right? He didn't prepare the other guys for sort of the pressure. And, and that's, that happened to Phoenix. Phoenix played great in that series except for the first game in Phoenix. And they just weren't on their game. And that ended up beating them. That ended up being the reason why they lost. Um, but afterwards, they had uh, Barkley on with Scott Van Pelt. And he was sort of you know, sucking up to Jordan a little bit. I mean, well, a whole lot. And of course those two guys ran like dogs, right? I mean, especially in the, in the casinos and things. And, um, but he was saying, you know, it was an honor. I play with Jordan, you know, man, I, you know, he was, I was just honored. And, and he kept saying how honored he was and everything like that. And it finally got around to him talking about how there's two guys in the world that, are superstars, no one ever been like Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan are in a class by themselves. By themselves. And so he went on and he just said, I've never been around any two guys just like them. There'll never be anybody like them. You know, and he went on and on about Jordan and Jordan and Tiger, Jordan and Tiger. And I get it. Barkley's played a lot of golf. He's been around Tiger. He's and Jordan speaks for himself. And you can debate LeBron and all that. I, I, I don't think – I know what he's saying. Right, right, right. And both of them incredibly commercialized and Nike and all that. Here's my question. Does Tom Brady belong in that same company? I mean, Tom Brady a good question. has won, been to nine Super Bowls and won as many championships as Michael Jordan in a sport where quarterbacks have never done it before. This right. isn't Bill Russell 
right, who won 11 or 12, whatever it was. I mean, Jordan didn't have the most rings, right? Right. But he won six. And he won mm-hmm. three, three years, you know, twice, two three-peats. Um, but Tom Brady has been to nine Super Bowls and won six and is still playing. And, and you could argue still one of the top five, six quarterbacks in the league. Sure. Um, why doesn't he get the same consideration? Why, why isn't he Tiger Woods or why isn't he Michael Jordan of our era? It's a great question. I think if we're looking just at accomplishments, if we're just listing resumes, yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. Tom Brady belongs up there with anybody you, you throw at me, whether it's Tiger Woods mm-hmm. or Michael Jordan or LeBron or Kobe. Serena Williams. Uh, I don't know about Serena. Yeah, Serena, the best. Yeah, the best in her sport ever. Um, yeah, the resume fits that. But I just don't know, Rick, like this idea of like a – I mean, think of, and I don't know if, like, people who are listening to this, I don't, if you're not old enough to remember, then you're, I don't know that you're going to totally appreciate it. The, the sort of cultural phenomenon that Michael Jordan was with Be Like Mike and the Gatorade and McDonald's Nikes, and, and it's got to be the yeah. shoes and the whole yeah. Mar, you know, Mars Blackman, Mars thing, Blackman thing he did with Spike Lee. Yeah. Like, and you saw a glimpse of that the other night on last dance where he was like he was a hermit like he couldn't leave his hotel room now i'm not they sure were, they were the beatles i mean and he was yeah. he was paul mccartney I right mean, and now i'm not sure that quite frankly i'm not sure tom brady could walk around hyde park without getting swarmed either but like in, in normal times well, apparently he was walking around some park and he got kicked <laughs> out true. by a by a park and rex lady but i guess what i'm saying rick is i i don't first off i just don't know that any that anybody can be tiger or Michael, in terms of just their, you know, just their cultural impact, and and theirs is worldwide too, not just. I think. But now is that when you is that commercial because they sell a lot of tennis shoes or golf equipment? Yeah, or that, or like in the case of Tiger, he plays internationally, right? So it's a lot easier to be an international star if you have tournaments that you're winning in England, right? Okay, but I mean, I don't know. I like I don't know how many people follow. I I know the, the the NFL keeps trying to push over to Europe. Outside of the United States, I don't know how popular Tom the National is. Football League is yeah. that's a great League. point that's actually a great point but here's the other thing I, I Rick let me ask you let me throw it back at you because you cover the sport closer than anybody can a football player not just because of you know the location and only the only people in the United States really fall like really follow like as diehards the NFL but can a football player because of he's one of you know 50 guys yeah. as opposed yeah. to one of 12 yeah, uh, or one of or by himself. Tiger's by himself out there. Right. Can a football player be that that guy that you know is is not only the face of his team, but it's the the face of his sport? Like, well, I, just, I mean, if he could be, I think Brady would would be that guy, just because you know he's been around twenty years, which is something no one's ever done, especially at the quarterback position, and. Yeah, you know, football is a – there's no doubt it's a team sport and there's 22 guys on the field at one time, which is not like the NBA or, or golf, certainly. Um, but he is the quarterback, and he is the quarterback of the greatest team. And and he's married to a Brazilian model who's world-renowned in Giselle uh, Bunchen. And, and so I, I just – I don't know. Like, I think – the culture of the NFL for years, and it may be changing for the better or for the worse. I'm not sure which yet. 
But, you know, they still have guys that they pay, former players mostly, who go to every game. There's one in every press box. And his sole job is to sit there with a sheet of paper and look how each guy is dressed. And if the towel is too long, they get a fine. And if the socks, you know, don't show enough stripes, they get a fine. And if the shoes are the wrong color, they get a fine. And they put helmets on these guys and sometimes face shields, and they all look alike. And that is not by accident. Oh, by the way, if you take your helmet off on the playing field, it's a penalty. Right. So when the, when the camera's on you, that helmet and face mask better be covering your identity. So you got the name and the number on the back of the shirt, and that's about it. But with Brady, you know, here's a good-looking guy. I mean, we you know, recognizable at this point after 20 years. I don't know. If there's ever going to be somebody like that. Now, I, I would say this too, though. Um, he throws the football, but he doesn't have the greatest arm in the game, right? He wins a lot of games. He handles the ball in every play, but he's not the best athlete and never was close to it. And this guy, you've seen his tape at the Combine out of Michigan. I think right. I could have beat him in the 40 at that same age, which isn't saying much. But maybe, you know, when we look at Tiger Woods or we think Michael Jordan, these guys were unbelievably athletic, you know. Right. Um, did things ask, with power and, you know. Let me ask a little bit further, though, because – First off, I do think it's a football thing because if I if we if we we remove Tom Brady from the equation, who yeah. would be the next guy over the last thirty years, twenty years? Peyton Manning maybe would be sort of the I don't know that that. I mean, John Elway that. won a couple Super Bowls, but he was at the end of his career. Right. Um, I mean, as Dan, far as just big commercial appeal and popularity and. You know, yeah, Peyton did a lot of a lot of things with Jim Nance. <laughs> right, exactly. But here's Hello, the thing, friends. though, about Tom Brady, and this may be totally unfair. I even after all these years, and I watched the NFL, I follow it closely. I still don't feel like I know who Tom Brady is. Really? Like, no, nah, I mean I get it. Like, now I know, is that because he I know played he does. for the Patriots, nah, or is that because he, he doesn't does, let you in? He doesn't let you in, and I don't. I'm not saying he owes it to us to listen. He's a boring interview in press conferences. Now, I don't know what he's like one-on-one, if, you know. Mm-hmm. But you see him after game. He doesn't say anything. He talks once or twice a week as opposed to Tiger, who talks four times a week, five times a week when he's playing. Right. Or Michael Jordan, who talked five times a week when he was playing. I don't. Right. I felt like I knew that whether I did or didn't. I, pro- I didn't know those guys. We didn't know anything about Tiger Woods when he backed into a tree. On well, and, Day, and we didn't know you're right, because stuff. what we knew about Jordan and Tiger Woods were was a carefully right, uh, carefully scripted brand that they built around around their commercial success, right? Around their their marketing, basically. And it wasn't who they were as people. No, because if it was who they were, we'd have known, like I said, we'd, we'd have known a lot more about Tiger before he hit the tree. That's right. And we don't know a lot more about Michael's gambling right? Exactly. Well, before that came out, you know, exactly. or whatever other issues he had. But mm-hmm. with – and, I, again, I'm not – you know, I don't blame Brady. But I just I, – I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it's just a sense I get. I don't feel like I know who Tom Brady is. Not that I know who Tiger is. But you see Tiger, and, you again, you could see him and his passion – and Jordan, you know, Jordan was in a movie. He was in a, you know, a very popular movie, Space Jam and all that. Like, mm. and I look, Tom Brady does that stuff. He was in the movie Ted. He's done. Yeah. 
I don't know if he's did Saturday Night Live ever. Like, oh yeah, he's done it. He's hosted it. But yeah. it, doesn't it feel like, like I, he just feels like I don't know. I think I think a I lot of it was is. a lot of it is where I think he played, which is the Patriots, and for better or worse, you just there was the Patriot way. You know what I mean? And Belichick would sort of talk about him as if he were the long snapper. He just do your job, guy. You know, even though he was. He said he never wanted to have another quarterback. He was the greatest that ever played. Belichick knew what he had in Tom Brady. But by the same token, that organization is pretty stifling when it comes to individuality. You know what right. I mean? They don't tolerate, you know, it, it was a shock that Randy Moss went there, but he had to fall in line. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think that's because of their organization and their head coach. So I think we're going to find out a lot more about Tom Brady now because he's at the end of his career and he's no longer with the Patriots and he don't give a damn, you know, he's going to, he's going to have fun. He's going to be himself. He's his social media game is ramped up. I think tremendously because he's does, you know, he's always on there. He does a great job with it. Um, maybe, maybe we'll see sort of who he really is. Although I don't know if you saw, um, and you can get this, I think on face Facebook, maybe uh, the Tom versus time, thing that he did several years ago. I've not ago. seen it, but I heard, I've heard about it. Yeah. It's tremendous. And, it, you know, it's his production company. So, again, kind of like Jordan, right? He's, he's kind of viewed in the best possible light. Um, but you get a little better sense of what the home life is like, uh, certainly what he's like as a teammate, how bad he takes losses, um, how hard he works, what other people say about him, you know. I mean, it's really, really good. And, of course, he was doing it, you know, trying to sell TB12 and, you know, Sure. Um, it's as much an infomercial as anything, um, but it but it actually was done, you know, in real time during the course of the season, you know, that they wound up. I think I don't know if they won the Super Bowl that year. They might have. I can't remember, but um, but they they went through the whole year and, and it was very well done. And I, I think that's like the one that was sort of it was sort of like the last dance, but it wasn't his right. last dance. Now here's my question. Um, they broke up the Patriots. And as soon as Brady left, they didn't invite him back, right? And Jared Stenham's going to be their quarterback, and, and Gronkowski had since left and now came back to the Bucks. So what are the Bucks to Tom Brady? Is this Tom Brady's last dance? Or are, are the Bucks the Washington Wizards to Michael Jordan? <laughs> I think I would say that it's his last dance. And the reason I say that is because who he's surrounded with. Jordan was... He had nothing. He had nothing around him. I, I yeah. saw Jordan. I actually saw him play with the Wizards in person a couple of times. Um, and he still, he still could, go out and get twenty five for oh, you. Oh yeah, every he could still go out and play. Yeah, uh, but he couldn't. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna score. He needed to score thirty five. He couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, I don't. Jordan, you know, Brady's not in a position where I don't think he's gonna by himself is gonna have to like find ways to throw for three hundred yards in a game. I mean, he's right. got guys all over the place. Yeah, who I think are going to be running wild. So I think this is—I think this is his last dance. I, I, I you know, and the, and the last dance may be two years worth or three years worth. Exactly, it could be—it could be very Manning-like, in, uh, not in the sense that Manning was broken down. I think more than Tom is from a skill set, you know. But he had two years in Denver, where he went to the Super Bowl twice and he won it once. Wouldn't the Bucks sign up for that, right? Oh, absolutely. No matter how it gets done, but there could be a second chapter that is not wizard-like. That is rather the Broncos to Peyton, you know what I'm saying? Like that mm-hmm. would be the, 
That'd be the ultimate kind of comparison. And those there two was, guys have been compared for years. There was no point last year, Rick, and I, I watched a lot of the Patriot games. There were no po- there was no point last year where I thought, oh, he looks like he looks like he's forty three years old. Like, no, there were, there were moments like in the Super Bowl when when they lost to Philly, they tried they tried their version of the Philly special when he was running after that ball. <laughs> yeah, that didn't look. He good. He looked like he was sixty three, but you know what? He was he looked sixty three when he was twenty three. But as far True. as running after a ball. Athletically, yeah. Right. But there was no point last year where I watched him and I said, you know what, he should probably think about retiring. Like, I thought, this guy's, this guy's going to Well, they play. rarely put anything around him, right? I mean, that was the whole thing last year. I mean, the, you know, it was basically, you know, Edelman and, and that was it. Gronkowski was done. They didn't have they, – they for one week they had, you know, um, what Antonio the crazy Brown, receiver, yeah. Antonio Brown. Um, and that didn't, you know, he ended up scoring a touchdown and caught like five balls for a hundred or something, but, uh, then Brown left him. So he, he was complaining cause he had nobody, he would literally scream on the sidelines. I can't, no one's getting any separation. You gotta get some separation. And, and he didn't need much of it. He just needed enough to get over the outstretched fingers of the DB, but he's all like the, the coaches that I talked to and, and maybe they're influenced because they have him now, but they say when they go back and look at the last four years, there's not an appreciable appreciable decline of his physical abilities that you know he still can throw the ball down the field he still can be a very accurate he's mobile enough in the pocket because he never was a guy that got outside the pocket anyway still gets rid of the ball now he'll if there's a difference I think if he sees somebody at the line of scrimmage win clean if he sees it he doesn't stick around to get hit you know he's very manning like in that sense at the end of manning's career he just dirt the ball or throw it away and that's sort of what Brady does, you know, because he knows I'm not I'm going to live to see the next day. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I don't I don't the people that that do this for a living say, you know, there's not there's not much difference in in what he was, you know, four years ago. He's kind of a freak of nature that way, and, and plus his nutrition. So, you know, assuming he still has skills, maybe you're right. Maybe this will be his last dance because he does have players around him. He's not he's not without talent, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Right. And you mentioned, I think, at the beginning of this podcast that you, know, you rank like where, where does he rank among quarterbacks in the league? Like maybe six or something. I mean, there's a maybe, handful of guys. Yeah, yeah maybe six, I'd rather seven. Have I don't know. Pat, Patrick Mahomes I'd rather have. I think I'd oh, rather sure. have Aaron Rodgers at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there are a lot of guys who, like if you're asking like him or Dak Prescott. Right. Mm, I might yeah. get Brady at that point. Yeah. Him or Garoppolo. I'm taking mm-hmm. Brady. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun maybe? Watson. Uh, I'm going Brady, you know, like there's like <laughs> certainly Kirk, with the game on the line, you are Kirk Cousins. Like I'm, t- I'm taking. There are a lot you of guys. You like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I like Brady in that situation. Yeah. So yeah, it's he's certainly. Uh, by the way, just a real little quick detour. Did you watch that Alex Smith special? On you ESPN? know, I have seen. I have seen enough of it. Not not in a total sitting. Listen. That guy, first of all, is lucky to be alive. I mean, he like you, like literally, him. literally, is lucky to be. alive. He was on death's door. They, they, they pretty much were. At one point, they said, "We're trying to save his life first, and then his leg in that order." Right. That's where he was as a patient. That thing, you got to have a strong stomach to watch that now. You, oh, I mean, there's no doubt. Uh, I, I can't. I don't. I can't imagine being where he was from a sick standpoint, but also look at that. If they'd have told me if I woke up and my limb looked like that, 
I'd be asking them why they hadn't cut it off. You know, what in God's name would you even have this on me on my he body had for? Seventeen you know? surgeries, Rick. Seventeen. Yeah, it's just remarkable. Just to be able to get to where he is now, they have to keep cutting away yeah. muscle because yeah. it was infected. You know, I covered. I was covering the USF UCF game. What was the kid's name? Mackenzie Milton, I think. Mackenzie Milton, very good. From UCF, snapped his leg. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And they, I remember writing stories that night. Where and you know who hit him? Mazzy Wilkins. That's right. Who plays for the Bucks? Yeah. They were that night. There was talking to press box. We we like he might lose They his are saving, trying to save his life at yeah. this point. But you want here. But the point the point I'm making about this little detour here, Rick, is not only to appreciate what Alex Smith has gone through and just boy, what a just you know what a tough person he is. But what these football players go through, like to this is serious stuff, man. I mean. The commitment that it takes and the danger that they they they're playing. They with. risk their lives. I mean, they they, they do. do. They they and, can uh, get killed. It's not their actual like the quality of their life for sure. Certainly, the longevity of it. And look, I you know my wife is on the Golden Heart Fund, which is a thing the Forty ers players, not the not the organization, but the players started to help former players, former Forty ers which I think every team should do. Um, but when you hear the stories of where these guys are at physically. And 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 sort of by proxy financially, quite frankly, mm-hmm. it's gut wrenching. Especially those guys that played in the '80s and the '90s. It was a different game. To, not that it's a whole lot safer today. Um, they've tried to take the headshots out. Let's put it that way. Right. They'll never succeed totally. It's still. It's still. I mean, it's juggling on an interstate is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it, you're you're. You're gonna get you're gonna get splattered, and then the cumulative effect of that on their bodies. You're right. There's no sport like it. I mean, and and that's what I mean. Like to have a guy that's played 20 seasons in Brady at the level he has played, right? For years and years, the best in the game. All those rings, all those championships, and now we'll see. And I think you know it's too bad that he's 43 and he has to try to prove it now. But I think there is always a part of him. You talk about motivation. I'm going to show you that I was the best in the world, and that's why we won those championships. Not that he dislikes Bill Belichick or they don't have a good relationship, but he's pretty confident in what he can do, and he picked a team that he thinks he can win with, and we'll see. But I think he's trying to prove that, you know, all those Super Bowls he had a hell of a lot to do with. Well, and I think the other thing that I've noticed here in the past couple of weeks, Rick, that I, I don't know, maybe it's finally dawned on me, other people have already realized this, yeah. Is we've had this conversation like, does he want to go somewhere else and prove that he can do it without Belichick and can he right. do it outside of New England? I wonder if it actually just got to the point where he's like, you know what, this organization has run its course. They don't I, want me. Well, not only don't they want me, but I don't think they're committed to winning as much as somebody else might be at this point. You know, I'm uh, not saying they're they're tanking. Look, Rick, they're replacing him with a guy that's never taken a snap. You know. Like, I'm yeah, not but sure. they but that they replaced they replaced a pretty good quarterback in in uh, Drew Bledsoe That's that had true. never taken a snap abso- and was a six round pick true. from Michigan. But I just wonder if if Brady's looking at this saying like I'm I'm looking at I'm I'm sort of counting chips over here and I think the Bucks have more chips than the the Patriots. I think he definitely play. found a team that had more talent as far as the skill position goes. Now culturally. And there's something to it, like what, it's chicken and the egg. Does the wins comes first, and then the culture, or does you have to have the culture, and then you win? Winning is culture, is what I found out. That's in, right in professional sports. 
but there's no question that he he was not happy with what they had put around him probably for many many years and yet I think it was clear and he said this on Howard Stern which I don't know if you listened to that three and a half hour interview um, but he said that um, you know I knew at the beginning of last year it would be my last year well how did he know that well because he knew when you work for somebody and they don't try to extend you and you're the greatest of all time and you see the guy over there and you know that they like him right even though he's a fourth round pick from Auburn whatever they had found their next guy, and it's Jared Stone. Now, they may be right or they may be wrong. Time will tell. But he knew it. They never really tried to fight to keep him. I mean, he's 43. He played well beyond anybody would have imagined, at least of all the Patriots. And I think even he understands that they have to look forward. They can't just look, you know, we gave you nine Super Bowls, right? You got to play in nine of them and win six. Do we have to wait until you don't, until you get to your 10th? Before we right. can replace you? Yeah, right. So how I just much, think it was tough. How much, too, to it, and going back, sort of tying this back into the Jordan thing, as you watch Jordan, and they're going to get sure, I'm sure going to get into, like, the first retirement here soon. Yes. When it, mm-hmm. And, and look, there's a lot of speculation about why he retired. Although David Stern said it, I mean, he did say that they weren't, they were, they didn't like the gambling, but it wasn't to the point where they thought he needed to be suspended or anything. Right. And now the 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 feeling that you get having watched the last dance and watching the first three championships is that at the end of the third, the first three Pete, he was physically exhausted. He physically, mentally that going through that was just, just, it wasn't took fun. everything. It wasn't just took fun everything anymore. Out. It was a relief more than, than victory. Yeah. So maybe you've talked about this in, in the past podcast, but no, we haven't. some of the things that Brady said, some of the mm-hmm. things that Gronk has said, yeah. Do you ever get the sense where, I look, winning's fun. Nothing beats winning. Super Bowls are fun. Nothing beats Super Bowls. But do you ever get a sense where Brady was like, you know what? I just want to go somewhere where it's not quite as like somber or it's like I can cut like I want to go have a little more fun. A hundred percent. And he has said this a couple of times. He made reference to Kobe Bryant. I think it's a thing for him. I think he was leaving no matter what. And I think he did know at the beginning of last year. And Kobe didn't die until what, several months ago. But, you know, it was about, hey, do tomorrow isn't promised to anybody. And that became pretty obvious with what happened in that, in that crash. And, and do, if you love to do something, just do it as long as you can do it. Because you don't know what happens when, when you stop. And you don't, you know, you think you're going to have all this time with your kids. Or you think you're going to coach. Or you think you're going to... Forget about that. You love playing football. If you can still play and your wife's going to let you go out there unbelievably again, just play. And I do think that the Patriots, that that, that corporate, that, that Belichickian, I, th- I, think, I think it did strangle them a little. I think he wanted to see sort of how the other, the rest of the NFL does it. Can you have fun? Now, he wasn't going to go anywhere. I think B.A. is a big part of this too. And B.A. is so different than Belichick. And yet they've both been coaches of the year. They're very successful, not to the extent that Bill is. But there's no question in my mind that, that he wanted he wanted out of that, that bubble too, that pressure. I, and I think that's why Gronk's coming back is that they want to have fun. They want to – and look, some of this is about marketing, right? Sure. He's way more involved in marketing now than he was maybe even in New England. Um, nobody cares if Alex Guerrero's around every day. No one's going to say a word about that. He pretty much runs the Buccaneers right now, I think. 
Um, last year it was B.A., this year it's Brady. I mean, that's just the way, that's where the chips are. So, yeah, I do, I do think there's a lot of it, like it just got to be so expected and such a drag, right? So let's go to a franchise that forget about Super Bowls. These people haven't been to the playoffs in 12 years. Well, yeah, right? and, I'm, and I'm watching like, uh, I, I, you, you know, the famous 1980 Olympic team where you watch, you know, the United States wins and mm-hmm. they look the over and you, see, and you see, the, yeah, you see the, the Soviet players, the oh. then Soviet players who apparently were looking almost like smiling and they were like, what, what were you guys thinking? Like, we were thinking about how much fun you guys were having. Like, yeah, you guys yeah. really enjoyed it. Like, for us, it was expected. And even Jordan, in the last dance where they won, I think Costas, Bob Costas, asked him after the game, after they mm-hmm. won their third, like, is this joy or relief? And he's like, it's both. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a relief because it was so expected. So you wonder if in New England, not that they didn't enjoy it. Of course they enjoyed it. And you can see the, how happy they were when they won. But it paid but a there, price. Yeah, there must be a part of it that was just like, Anything short of this would have been disappointing, you know. And right, and he can fall short of winning a Super Bowl here and still be, still leave an imprint on a franchise, still have a hell of a lot of fun, and maybe he wins one, maybe he wins two, who knows, right? He's going to give it his best shot, and he's got a pretty good football team around him, or he wouldn't have come here. But this is still a franchise with what a three eighty seven lifetime winning percentage, so anything he does in a positive vein. Will will help the organization turn around a little bit for a while, and become relevant, which they are. And you know, I, I and look, he's out of Boston, he's out of the gray and dank weather. He's got a big house that he's renting from Jeter on the waterfront, and he's got the jet skis and the kids, and the wife's happy. Why not, right? Does this look? If you talked about now being this global, you know, sort of. Uh, on the level of a Jordan or a level, yeah, level or of Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Look, nothing that happens here, if they don't win here, I, it, I don't think his legs won't change his leg. Didn't change Joe Montana's. He nah, went to a championship game. Nah, doesn't take a hit. I mean, I mean, we can sit there. We can remind ourselves. Look, the first line in Joe Namus' biography isn't, "Oh, he played his last season in L.A. He looked bad." It's he won Super. I watched Emmitt Smith and was there when he played for the Cardinals yeah. in his last game in the NFL. But you, when no you think about, about yeah, it. but when you think about Emmett Smith, you think about Dallas, and you think about so Absolutely. we're we're not going to remember. You think about Willie no. Mays. If I sit there and think hard about it, yeah, falling down with the Mets, everybody remembers the catch. But Willie, you know, yeah. Willie Mays was thirty nine years old, and he was completely broken and busted up, and was basically pretty much useless by the time he got there. Right. And so I don't, I don't sense that Brady's, you know, no, Brady's but, not there. But you're right. We will but, always. But it his legacy it's not going to take cemented. a hit. It's yeah. So, no. but does, on the other hand, what, what happens if he, if he wins? wins? What happens if he Oof. wins? Does it? He's already the goat, in my opinion. Then, then, then Belichick <laughs> takes a hit, depending wow. on what Bill does. Yeah, yeah. Really, I, I think so. I think, I think. I mean, and Bill's still the greatest coach. You know, started with Don Shula the other night. Uh, he doesn't have that many wins, but you know, nine. I mean, he's been he's actually won, been part of like I think eight times, eight Super Bowl championships, um, with the Giants, and right. you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's already the GOAT, even though I'm very close to Joe. I mean, I know Joe Montana, and, and Joe Joe doesn't talk about this publicly much, but those around him and those 49ers, they don't like the Patriots at all for good reason. But they also, the cheating they t- they bring up, you know, yeah, like I get all as, that, a, grou- as look- a group. And they also say that it was a different era. 
Right. Like you it, go back and watch football in the '90s, it doesn't look like today. No, it's look. It, there's a lot of what they did in the '90s was look. Everything's changed in terms of free agency. But five Super Bowls and, in the '90s, you know. Yeah. Look, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I'm I was yeah, for years. Go. I was I favored those '70 Steelers teams. But here's the thing, and and I don't know if this is I don't I don't know the 49ers roster quite as well, but I kind of do. The thing that I respect about what the Patriots did, and I look, I consider the Patriots to be the greatest franchise in football, NFL history, is this has happened over 20 some years. It's like pretty much since Brady's been there, and he's done it with different players. Like, and, you know, those Steelers teams that won four Super Bowls in the 70s, it was the same team. I mean, there might be. That's a, true. You might have switched out, you know, two or three guys here and there. The Niners had, like, had two, to, to their defense, they had Steve Young. Right. And they won but, one I mean, of their five five Super Bowls with him. And Jerry Rice wasn't there for all of it, but he was there for most no. of it. And Roger yeah. Craig wasn't for all of it, but he was there for most of it. And Dwight Clark. Three of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially, there were a lot of it like felt the same. It was like a short yeah. burst with the same players. Whereas right. what New England's done, and look, and I, and I always think this, you, you got the number of championships you should have got. But think how close they came to like, Eight or nine. Now, oh, how they, about losing? They won. How, how, they, they won a couple that they got lucky to win too. Are Not you lucky, kidding? Could have gone either way. Second and goal at the one yard line in Seattle. They throw a pick. Are you kidding right. me? No, I get it. And if the tuck game I mean, doesn't the giant, happen, maybe they right, don't get there. Right. But and I, the giant, ultimately, you know, I think you get what what, what you deserve. What you deserve. Like we were, they were talking about that with the last dance the other night, where Scottie mm-hmm. Pippen gets the migraine against Detroit. They may win that game against Detroit if they do. Jordan has seven. NBA titles. So we're like, holy yeah. mackerel. Yeah, yeah. But you end up, you know, what happened is what happened. You get what you get. Mm-hmm. But when you look back at, at Brady, six Super Bowls, championships, nine, he's been to nine, nine of them. Nine of over them. Over a 20-year span. His, a half his career almost. That's, I'm, that's for incredible. For 20 years. Every other year almost for 20 years. And like name, you know, and it's a different receiver every year. And a different, you know, running back every year. Like, it's, They're the it, biggest. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes – should be the biggest story going bar none, right? I mean, Mahomes is a is could be the next guy, right? He could be the next Tom Brady, right? Sure. We don't know. I mean, but athletic, crazy arm, makes plays, like already been an MVP and, and a Super Bowl MVP, right? Through 50 touchdowns his first season as a starter. So they should be all the rage. I'm here to tell you, Tom, unless they just gas out right off the bat, if there's an NFL season, this is – the Buccaneers are going to be the most talked about team, the most the the most relevant team. It won't matter what the 49ers do or the Seattle Seahawks or the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion. If the Bucs are winning and they win this division, they get in the playoffs, the whole NFL is theirs. Because of what because Brady is no longer with the Patriots. Something that's really weird. If I yeah, but if I would <laughs> If, if I would have told you all these things are going to happen, they're Tom Brady, Gronk's coming out of retirement, they're like that Super Bowl's in Tampa. Oh, but by the way, we're going to have a global <laughs> pandemic, and no one's allowed to leave their house for a year. You'd be like, okay, told none you of that. Like none of that is true. Like we, we can't have nice said, things, Tom. That's what I would always uh, say. We, we can't have nice things, man. But that's you know that's that's why we live here in in Tampa, Florida. Anyway. So what's going on uh, on your newsletter? You, uh, you 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 weren't able to help me out with the uh, the Pulitzer. Pulitzer, for, I tried. For the... You know, what was, okay, I thought, you can go on pointer p o y n t e r dot o r g and see all the 
the uh, Pulitzer Prize winners, some really cool local. You know, Baltimore won for uh, Baltimore Sun for uh, some corruption that was going on with the with the mayor there who has since resigned. And Louisville, Louisville, that's a great story in Louisville. Uh, the Kentucky governor at the last minute started pardoning all these people, and the and the re- newspaper started looking into it. And, and the governor actually Jeremy says, "Yeah, go ahead and look into it. You know what? If you work really hard, you might win yourself a Pulitzer Prize. How's that?" And they did. And they did. So and he <laughs> yeah and he's out. Wow. Um, <laughs> Seattle won. Uh, Seattle was a finalist, I think, or, or might have been might have won for their their investigative reporting on Boeing. But the, one of the the really cool things that uh, besides local is um, there was a sports writer who finished in as a finalist in the commentary category, and that was Sally Jenkins. who was Sally the, Jenkins, yeah. A uh, columnist for the Washington Post, who I think is as good a sports columnist there is in the country, writes about a lot of social issues, but also can flat out write sports too, man. And uh, it was really cool to see that she was um, – that she was nominated, or she was a finalist. Now, was there one story, or is it a group of it stories? Was a group. How did... I think she. I think there were like ten, maybe yeah, or five okay. or ten. That okay. She, that uh, she, and then the coolest thing was they actually though, for commentary for editorial writing, a newspaper called the Palestine, I believe, Palestine, Texas paper, um, has a staff of five. A guy wanted for best editorial, won a Pulitzer out on a. On a staff Goodness of five gracious. people won a Pulitzer Prize. And it was editorials about the uh, prison system and how inmates there aren't given the best medical care. And some of them died and sort of pointed out the uh, the uh, the wrongdoings going on with with the prison system. And that just goes to show you that that's what's great about the Pulitzers is you could come from a paper like the New York Times, which won a couple more, obviously, uh, or a little five paper, five person paper in East Texas. So cool that was Palestine in East Texas. And they had five. Oh, wait. Uh, they now have four, Tom. Apparently, the guy got a promotion and he's working for he's, the New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? And that's also sad. Like the guy in Louisville who won is he's on furlough this week you know, because that's what's going on all over the country. So isn't that amazing? Yeah. Anyway, it's great reading. Um, and, and of course, with all that's going on with the coronavirus, the coverage of that. Um, certainly there's a political landscape and oh yeah, an election in a few months. You want to make sure you check out Tom's uh, newsletter on pointer.org P O Y N T E R. Tommy, always great talking with you, buddy. Thanks, I love man. these Looking last two days, man. Looking forward to that schedule. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait for that NFL schedule to come out. Yeah, man. I, you know, I think there's going to be a bunch of national TV games that they may or may not play and we'll see what they do. I'm, I'm thinking that, the season will start probably somewhere uh, around Thanksgiving, <laughs> and we'll be playing in March. I don't really know. Let's hope. Let's all hope that we're we're past this and the the fans get to go and um, you know everything's uh, all systems. But uh, yeah, man, the Bucks will be a big part of that show on NFL Network at eight o'clock. So make sure you guys tune into that. Thanks, Tommy. We appreciate cool. it, buddy. Thanks, brother. Hey, great conversation. My thanks to Tom for the last couple podcasts. The NFL schedule is finally here. It's going to come out tomorrow. We'll break all of that down, the national TV games. And, of course, hopefully it starts on time. So we'll be talking NFL schedule. And get your mailbag questions in to us. We'll be having our mailbag segment as well. Uh, you can do that by reaching us on Twitter with your questions at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Dot com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.